test. Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Jesse Berger. Jesse's been on the show a few times now. He is the author of Magic Internet Money, a book about Bitcoin, and I love chatting with Jesse because he's an independent thinker, has opinions, and is not scared to share them. Our type of guy. So we sit down, we cover a whole bunch of things that's on his mind recently. You'll be able to track him down. He'll give us some contact information at the end of this particular episode. There was no real agenda with this talk other than to get Jesse's latest thoughts on all the things that are catching his attention. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you are listening to this particular episode and you want to get started in the real estate investing world and you're not sure if you should do it now, is it a good time, prices down, rates up? or do you wait until rates come down and prices go up? What's the right time? You can check out case studies of other Rockstar investors at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash case dash studies. So if you want to see case studies of other investors who are taking action in the real estate world, why they took action, when they took action, what kinds of properties they're looking at, you can find that information at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash case dash studies. That's it with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Jesse Berger and Nicholas, I should just say Nick Karadza, I'll stop. It's not Nicholas Alexander Karadza, it's Nick Karadza. Nick, Nick. Ni- Nicholas Alexander, I, like I said, man, it sounds like royalty to me. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take it. Sir, Nick, Sir Nicholas. Yeah, Sir Nicholas. It's even better, they could it be any better. Sir Jesse? Sir Jesse? No, nah, it's gotta be Nicholas. Sorry, Jesse, my, like my, you. But. My pronouns are Mr. or... Uh... <laughs> warrior? Yeah, warrior. Sure. I told Jesse I like, his, I like his sweater. See his sweater? Clown world, yeah. I like yeah. it too. I like it too. It's a, it. Uh, he represents it. He rep- Well, no, I don't mean he's a clown. I mean, it's a good sweater. Yeah. Um, I, I actually get a lot of compliments on this sweater. When I wear it out in public, I'm very surprised that people who let's just say I would describe from all sides of sort of the political spectrum, social, cultural spectrum, they've come up to me and they go, oh, I love your sweater. And I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I don't know if this represents to me what I think it represents That's to you, you, but you don't know who you're dealing but, with. but it yeah. seems to resonate with everyone. Well, I guess no matter what quote unquote side of arguments you're on these days, and it feels like there's all everyone's arguing, everyone thinks it's clown world for, you know, whoever's on the other side, that they're the clowns, yes. you know? So like, it doesn't matter what side you're on. So it just resonates you're, So basically you're a bipartisan, you're kind of like, you're dead. The clown dead world center. is a bipartisan. Yeah, it's a dead you know, center. It's, everyone can gravitate and rally around it. I, we, we mentioned FTX. So for those of you who are listening who don't know Jesse Berger, Jesse is the author of Magic Internet Money, a book about Bitcoin, which is an absolutely fantastic book, well put together. I really have to admit just the way the bite-sized pieces make it really approachable. So if you're new to the subject, fantastic book. And Jesse's been on here three or four times, including with Greg Foss and a bunch of other people. Your buddy, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, Neil Whitaker, yeah. um, who's a great guy. And, he's a character. Uh, he's a character. So, But today, I just need to tell you something. I just sat down with someone. I don't want to mention their name. They have a home in the Bahamas. Guess who's a neighbor on their street? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, what's his name? Sam Bankman. Bank run fraud. Ba- yeah, scam Sam, bank run fraud. Scam bank run fraud. Friedman um, is uh, is a neighbor uh, or, or lives on on the street in the Bahamas. Can you believe that? 
Unreal. And he said he was surprised more people aren't like on the street trying yeah. to, to, to talk to this guy. He finally hired a, a defense attorney I saw. Oh, did he? Same, I, I think I saw him in the same. It, it was Ghislaine Maxwell's defense yeah. attorney. Yeah. No way. So he must know Honest he's in re, real trouble. He must know he's in real trouble if that's it. Well, it feels like he's been on a PR tour. Like, I feel like his parents are both pretty high-end Stanford professors who are lawyers, no? So, Do I have that correct? I've, I've, yeah. I've read Something into like it. That. And, and, and I feel like they intentionally put this guy on a PR tour where it's like, oh, it's not criminal negligence. There's no, it, this is a, a young guy. He made a mistake. mistake yeah, yeah let's, you, let's, you see the New York Times and other, you know, publications, big name publications that are just lobbing softballs to the guy, right? And it's just like... He didn't just, oops, I accidentally lost $10 billion for... No, you literally were... Stole. Stole just taking client funds. They were coming in the front door and just straight out the back door and you were spending it or investing it, but you didn't actually keep it for your clients, which is the entire premise of the business you were running. Well, the best part about... I mean, there's lots of... I yeah. shouldn't say the best. There's lots of astonishing parts. Yeah. But, but the fact that people were going to the exchange and buying Bitcoin... And they actually owned, the exchange themselves owned zero Bitcoin. If that's not criminal in itself. I, I, Maybe you know, they had it at a time and, and they then sold they sold it. it. But at the, the time of the bankruptcy, they owned zero, right? Like that's It was zero or one. Or one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very nominal amount. <laughs> like that's, that's just nuts. So, one of the biggest exchanges in the world, right? So Jesse, what do you think this does? So for, the, for anyone listening who doesn't know, this was a, you know, a quote unquote crypto exchange. Just saying the, the word always makes me crazy, but yeah. but um, that, uh, you know, was run inappropriately. C customer funds were used for their own gambling or investing. They lost it all. It all turned into what looks like, I guess, allegedly is a Ponzi and uh, funds are missing. I think there's some hedge funds that are out tens of millions of dollars. You know, yeah. this has ramifications for people's life savings all over the place. And the people like the New York Times are kind of giving softball, you know, articles around this saying the guy just made a mistake he's young let's kind of he means well he means well let's yeah. let him off keep the donations please going to different government officials but jesse in your mind what does this do to the state of the the, the this industry um and I, I like i definitely am a bitcoiner yeah um but but i guess then just in general when i say that what, what do you think this does yeah so crypto right the the I guess we call them maximalists, but the, the, the real strong Bitcoin advocates who really understand the value proposition and the premise and the solution that Bitcoin, like the problem that Bitcoin solved, understand that this highlights Bitcoin. It, it showcases, hey, there is a reason you should hold your own money. You should verify that's there and not trust some other entity, right? So it... It's, it's another example of, you know, we've had failed exchanges throughout the years in Bitcoin. It's a, just another one. It just happens to be the biggest example, the most high profile example. Um, I had personally in my life, I had a friend, I'll, I'll tell you guys a story, who, you know, very normal guy, I would say. He invested just a little bit into a whole bunch of different coins, um, nothing he couldn't afford. Um, you know, he works in real estate, actually. Um, oh God. and so that's his primary, you know, business, but you know, he dabbled in it. It was, it was again, nothing, nothing you couldn't afford to lose, uh, bought some NFTs, bought some, all kinds of other stuff. He bought ETH specifically to buy NFTs. And of course, when the market went down and then FTX went down, I spoke to him specifically after FTX went down. He goes to me, Jesse, I, you know, 
I, I get it now. I, I see it. Like I, I took the stuff I had. I sold what I could. I sold everything. I just rolled it into Bitcoin and I, I have it in my wallet. And now I just, I buy. And he said to me, he's like, I buy X amount of dollars. He has a daily buy set up. And he just every week or every, you know, so often he rolls it into his wallet from the exchange that he uses. And then, and then the best part of this is that he goes, but Jesse, like, there's one thing. How do I get my friends to understand that all these other cryptos are nonsense? And I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh man, like this is, you're just, you know, this is my life. Like, you know, I've been trying to yeah, figure welcome, that out for years at this club. point. Yeah. I've been trying to figure that out for years, but for you, a person who is, again, hasn't spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff. It's not a primary concern of his. But for him to have that sort of light bulb moment where it goes off and FDX was the catalyst for it, like that's to me, speaks volumes. So you think it's a good thing. It cleans out the system. It's like a brush fire, I guess. It cleans out the weak parts, the, the you know, what's left are the strong actors, perhaps. But yeah. I just feel like this is all going to happen again. I just feel like it's just like a this never-ending loop of people looking for quick money and quick riches. But that's in every industry all the time. Yeah. Like look at what real happened estate, in real estate real the last couple of years. Same. It's the real same thing. So that's going to happen in, in this industry. Yeah. It so whoever's changes. ready to hear the message, this helps them, like your yes. friend, helps them hear the message. That's right. There's, there's always another sucker is sort of the yeah. name of the game, right? Yeah. The, the idea with Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is the last thing you need to own. The way, the way I think about it. I feel like... So oh. once once you're in, once, once you've... Re and when I say in, I don't mean... I mean owning some, but also just... Custodying me it. Mentally, and like you've wrapped your head around the idea that like Bitcoin is the thing I need. Um, it's the last thing I'll need. There's nowhere else to go after that. You're not going to say, okay, so crypto ends, you go to Bitcoin. But there's no Bitcoin end. Mm -hmm. If Bitcoin ends, we, we got a whole world of trouble here. Mm -hmm. Um it's funny. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this, just because, mm -hmm. uh, just sure, because for some people listening, right? Because the, the 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 one thing that people can't figure out is that okay, I get it, guys. Maybe maybe this thing's good, but if adoption isn't there, doesn't like happen. If, if you don't believe that, so if you're someone that's like, okay, I get it, but I'm just not convinced the adoption's not going to happen, or the the governments are going to be able to do sure. something or whatever. So I'm not going to go down that path. Right. There is some sort of validity to that, you know, because because if you're doing it now thinking that this is, you know, that we're going to benefit you in the future, then you feel that there's going to be some sort of adoption growth, you would think, mm -hmm. um, or the benefit might not be there. So that's a valid argument to people that are that are not are that are thinking that they might not get involved in this. It would be valid if you're not looking at the data. <laughs> I mean, like I, I think, yeah, I hear your point, and but I what, appreciate you you're bringing talking it up. about the debt. The debt, like no, the, no, just look at Lightning Network usage. Or oh, it yeah. goes well, up and, every and, month. And, so, but I, but I think, and, and Jesse, I want I want your take on this. But the way I would frame it is that when a when a if we call this a monetary protocol or an open source, whatever we want to reference it, I think throughout history, if we look at economics, things go from like, oh, something becomes a store of value. Once it becomes a, some sort of store of value, it can be considered to be used as a medium of exchange between more than two people. You know, it's more than firewood or milk or eggs. It's like, oh, this thing has a store of value. Maybe more than just us are going to see that and begin using it as a medium of exchange. And eventually it becomes a unit of account. Mm -hmm. And when it it becomes a pretty well-versed unit of account. It's like we've kind of holy hit the holy grail moment. But I think we're at the point where it's kind of proven that it's some sort of store of value because enough time has passed and it hasn't gone to zero. So there's some 
value there. Now we're at the yeah, point it's, of it's, it, people are calling it dead at seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Like exactly. You know, if, go back in time three years or four years, and we'd be like, please, please, you know, seventeen thousand dollars would be huge. huge from where we were. So we're at the point where it's evolving as a medium of exchange. And, 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 you know, I don't think it's universally accepted as a unit of account yet, but I would feel on that progression, we're at a medium of exchange. So I, I would, and I think that's a valid point, Nick. I just think that when I just look at the amount of usage going on, on, on things like the Lightning Network that all of the analysts seem to just ignore, um, it, it seems to me that's just growing every month. I don't know, Jesse, what, what, what would you say to that? I mean, the way I look at it, and the way I've described it, it's just the fundamentally most superior money we've had. But to, to understand what that means, you have to have a framework for understanding what makes fundamentally good money. Um, yes, adoption is there. It's growing. I give the example of my friend. We can look at there's a conference going on right now in Africa mm. where there's a lot of action happening on that side, um, on that continent. Well, it's solving right. an immediate need. It's yeah. solving a need for them because it is useful. It is fundamentally sound, but also it's useful, right? That the properties of Bitcoin, you, we, we talked about the store value, but also the fact that just anyone can access it. Anyone can spend it. No one can stop them from doing that. That is very, very useful, especially when you're in a place that A, either is actively restricting you or B, just doesn't have a lot of other infrastructure. Okay, you grab a cell phone and boom, you're up and running. Okay, so then let, let's take it one step further. Because we've seen that when the governments feel threatened, they will, I mean, Canada's been a, almost a leader in this. At least, we're, <laughs> at least we're leading in something. You know what I mean? But when the government... Feels, a good way to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we are leading at shutting down people's bank accounts yeah. if we feel like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, who else... And, and who calling... Was, who was it recently that looked at Canada and, and did the same thing as a... Was, was oh, Brazil. Um, Brazil. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil right? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, this Canada yeah. thing is a good... Set the bar. Yeah. So, but anyway, so so <laughs> if, if the government, you know, so I understand what's going on in Africa... And the usage and, and because of like the inflation and the, the currency controls there and stuff like that, it, you know, the growth and, and the use and it's mm. good. But most people in North America don't have that context. Or if they did at one point, they forget it very quickly and they're very trusting in the government. And the last few years has been very eye-opening even to me where it's like yes. people look at the government, the government says something and they're like, okay, that must be factually true. There must be no other narrative. And that's it. I'm not going to look for other information. So if people, so if, if that's, if we agree on that, and then the government comes out and says, hey, look, this thing is bad. We're blocking on-ramps and off-ramps to it. Then that doesn't that hinder adoption in a massive way to the point that most people aren't going to be like, well, hold on. If you're blocking this, there must be something to it. Most people are going to be like, oh, that's bad. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's it's partially the Streisand effect where it's like, don't look here. Don't look here. What do people do when yeah. you scream, don't look here? Well, they're going to look there. Yeah, some will, but the majority won't. I mean, I mean, I, I just say the population of the last time I checked, the popula population of people in the quote unquote Western world who are using Western banking is about a billion. Okay. The population of the world right now is like what, between seven and eight billion. Mm -hmm. So I would say we keep in North America discussing the importance of what America or America and Canada or the West does. And I feel when the globe has an open monetary network that serves 8 billion people, if 1 billion, the entirety of 1 billion say no, to me still, it's you're not stopping something that will emerge in a free market economy as the market good of choice to be used as money. And I feel that the rest of the world is in process of making that choice. Are we early? Absolutely. 
Am I making a bet early on that? Absolutely. Am I taking the funds I need to live and buy groceries tomorrow and putting it into Bitcoin? I'm actually hesitating because I think I would want to, but but I'm not taking that immediate money, but pretty much a lot of the other stuff after a set threshold, I'm, I'm flushing into it because I think this isn't the good that the global market is going to rally around as the item to be used as money. Even if the West clamps down hard, if America clamps down hard, who cares? South America is going to stop using it because of that. And I'll tell you, when well, China's already done it, so there's another billion or more. Sure. And then if a couple other but, big But countries- mining's, mining's on the way back up in China. Oh, yeah, that I didn't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means somewhere in China, somebody <laughs> the government's is- looking well, at Well, I'll give you this example. I mean, our family comes from a communist country. I think it was called light communism, Yugoslavia, but communist country. At least there was a dictator. Let's say that. There was a dictator in there that dictated that you had to use the dinar as the currency. Now, when people wanted to store their value, what did they use? German marks. But it was in a country, not a democracy, a country that dictated you had to use dinars. I know, but if you can't get your dinars into Bitcoin, because before you could, there was a black market to get it. And I guess through technology and firewalls and VPNs, they'll end up being this black market. But but that's that's what I'm saying. The black market will move faster than the government. Yeah, because if they turn it off, the access to it, whereas the dinars, you can like you know, smuggle on a bag on your body from Germany over to Yugoslavia and then start selling them. You don't the think it's like easier to smuggle it digitally if you had to smuggle it around on a not smuggle, I'm talking about not smuggling it. I'm just talking about getting your money, exchanging it into Bitcoin. I think it's easier. I don't think Before so. you had to find our aunt in a, in a market <laughs> yeah, yeah. selling eggs but and the, under her skirt, she would pull out German market. Yeah, but look, look, what, well, look when, there's these, when there's these protests and stuff in, in, in some countries, what they've done is they've just shut down Twitter. Right. They've just yeah. shut shut down like there's like you can't access this at all. They've shut down the Internet to certain things. So these protests in, in parts of the world. Are you, are you talking about like China where they got Apple to shut down the Bluetooth functionality? Yeah, or, I yeah. wasn't. Well, I mean, yeah, you can that look at that. Too. But yeah. if you look at Iran and they've done it and Egypt way back when they were doing it and they were shutting things down because they because uh, when there was the uh, what was it called? The Arab uprising at that time, you know, or, or like the, just the, the Arab, Arab Spring. Spring that's yeah. right. So there was all that stuff going on. So they just shut it down. They're like, no, like you're not going to be able to access this part of the the world wide web that's cut off to you and and i, I like i'm just again i'm playing no no and i appreciate it right? i like it i like because it. like i'm just like they can they've proven they can do that to an extent can they do it to 100 percent? no but if they do it to 95 it limits the amount of people that are going to be like i really got to work so then this. in that scenario jesse and i let's play the scenario where you're like you don't have any bitcoin jesse and i have some bitcoin okay um, but there's more of you than Je- jesse and myself to me in that world i like it because i have what i would call wild money out free that I can do anything with. And you're stuck in a world where the government is going to CBDC you to death, tell you, you can't buy stakes because your carbon footprint is so high. Whereas Jesse and I can interact directly between each other and who cares? So you're good interacting with the people that are left. So the, oh my gosh, the, the small minority of the population, whatever the percent that is, you just operate with absolutely. those people and you're good with it. They're, yeah. they're, they're the people to me in the right. I don't want to live in a world where a government dictates what an economy uses as money. That's just a world that is like so centrally planned. It doesn't even represent a free market economy, never mind a free society. Yeah. Like it's so bad. And people are waking up to that, especially the last couple of years. They're starting to really clue into, again, you know, we're talk, we were talking just before we go on the air about rates being raised in Canada again today. That 
one action by a small group of people, right? A, a dozen people on the board or whatever. I don't it, That's in the U.S. rather. I don't know what it is exactly in Canada. But Tiff Macklin goes up and says, we're going to raise rates by 50%, uh, pardon me, by uh, 50 basis points today. That one I be, action. I wouldn't be surprised if they did 50%, just yeah, yeah, yeah. the way they've been doing it. That, yeah, that's yeah. actually their long-term We project. will take all your money. Yeah. That's, that's, we'll their, that's their long-term target. We're going to take 50% of your money today and the other 50% tomorrow. But one person making one decision impacts tens of millions of Canadians. That is centrally controlled economy. And they are specifically, like they, they have said out loud, they want to induce a recession. Why would you want, want to punish your economy? That is not the point of an economy. The economy needs to not just grow. And again, growth, you know, in the, uh, we'll call it the fiat sense of it, growth entails just more dollars being created as opposed to looking at it from the perspective of more value, which are not the same thing, right? Value meaning goods, services, products, people being active and, yeah. and you our know, means are yeah. stronger and it produces more value prosperity the quality of life the quality of arts and culture like that's all valuable whereas the, the sort of fiat system as well yeah you know, gdp at g plus the x plus y plus whatever the old the, the formula one of those g is government spending so they could spend a, a trillion dollars and boom we have a trillion dollar um gdp but are they going to spend it efficiently are they actually going to create value no they're not even doing that right now. They're trying to, t to, to take it away and reduce it. It's so backwards, they're thinking. Yeah, but it, ju it just I boggles agree. my mind. But, if we, but I like what you're saying. So no, just, are, if, but I'm on Jesse's. But if you bring it back to adoption, because I agree with yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Okay. To, sorry, we got on Most tangent. people aren't looking at that. So if we're looking at adoption, there's like real headwinds in adoption. Because even what you said, see, cause okay, you so said then. like more people are looking at, at, at this now because of what's happened. I don't know how many more people are looking at like the 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 money system or our specifically yeah. the Canadian dollar and being like wow I really am like a little bit concerned okay. about this because of what the government did I think we see people in our our small sure, circles sure. but but, but it's not representative no, I don't think okay so, so here no no but but it doesn't matter if it's we're not going to get you know 90 100% of people to get Bitcoin and clue into it, right? It's, uh, I think it was a Corey Clipson who wrote the article about uh, the intransigent minority getting that, that the, you know, the sort of three and a half percent threshold or three percent of threshold of people who really get it. And once they get it, everyone kind of follows because there's there's no other choice. It's It becomes mm -hmm. this default. Um, but to the point that you said, the like some people do get it. Those small you know, groups of people in our circles for, it starts with us, and then they get it, and we explain to them. And it takes time, and you know, I have to beat the message into some people's heads over and over again. And then eventually something happens. They free this, the Canadians' bank accounts, and they come to me, and they go, okay, I, I can understand why you see there's this value proposition for Bitcoin. Tell me more about it. How do I use it? How do I buy it? How do I, or how do I acquire it? Um, and then they get it, and eventually they use it. And then eventually, again, because it's a sticky idea, once it gets in someone's head, you know, there's no, there's nowhere else to go after that. This is the best option available. That message, once it resonates in them, okay, now they become sort of spreaders of that message. So, you know, you're, I, I think you're looking at it from the perspective of how do we get just everyone to get on board? Whereas it's not going to happen like that. It, it can't really happen like that. It's just slow, steady growth 
over an extended period of time, right? This is this is a long game we're playing, right? It's, you know, we're and not- the examples I would use is that if I looked at all my past trends that I look at, TCPIP beat out, beat out Novell Networks. Novell Networks was a closed network. TCPIP was the open network. It beat out. The internet architecture beat out client server, which was largely driven by Microsoft, but there were, were other companies. Power Builder comes to mind. Um, they, they built client server architecture but then the open architecture, if the internet made everything go thin client and that kind of beat out. So TCP IP beat out Novell, internet architecture beats out client server. Um, then you have Linux beating out companies like Sun Solaris was a huge company in the tech days, sold lots of Unix servers. They were a major, major player. They were instrumental in Java and the development of Java and JavaScript. I think, I can't remember how the rights to that went. Um, but then they got basically beat out by an open source Linux. And today Linux is the dominant thing. So to me, I just feel like we have closed systems, the Canadian dollar, closed system, American dollar, even though it's quite global, closed system. You have you know, the Euro, closed system. Then you have a monetary network evolving that is open. And I just feel that it doesn't matter if we don't have the adoption or don't see it day by day, that the open network always gets better use cases. And to Jesse's point, the Bitcoin will just be the plumbing. And there'll be people like Jack Maulers and Strike who build apps on it. And over time, there'll be like the fountain app where people are sending sats when they listen to a podcast. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now, you can send us sats and we can distribute it around them instantly. I think that will just evolve and usage will grow that way. And we'll wake up 10 years from now and be like, oh, wow, there's quite a lot more usage. And Bitcoin might just be the plumbing that's never really discussed. Yeah, that's uh, so, And that's something that's not taken into account in the counter arguments that I was making because once you go down that path, if you send sats or you receive something or you do something via Bitcoin or you use the Lightning Network, then you go back to the traditional system. Yeah. You're just like, what is this? This sucks. Yeah. It's funny, I today, uh, for the first time, I got a request from someone. They're like, yeah, can you, you know, you can pay me this way or I'd actually prefer, can you just send me some Bitcoin? And they're like, here, just use ShakePay. They, they used, said ShakePay and- um, Their for, username whatever. or whatever. Well, no, just whatever their other app. He's like, it only takes 10 minutes to set up. So he was asking, cause no I, way. I guess he's asking people to start sending him money that way. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I got ShakePay. No, no problem, just send me the wallet address. So it actually made me, like it was, that was this morning, a couple hours ago, it made me happy. I was like, oh my God, I like you even more now. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I had my, uh, my moment with Lightning um, probably about a year ago or so when I, I hadn't actually used it up until then. Um, but I hired a guy to do uh, a video editing gig for me, just like a small sort of promo thing he put together for me. He was in Romania. I literally, I posted on Twitter. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for someone to help me out with something. He replied. I have no idea what his name is. I, I forget exactly what country it is. I know he was in Eastern Europe. Um, Way to just lump everyone together. Sorry, I'm not trying to, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Romania. Anyway, um, I hadn't had a Bitcoin wallet set up. And I said, I said, obviously, you know, I'll pay in Bitcoin. He says, oh, why don't you pay me in Lightning? I said, oh, I, you know, I haven't had it set up yet. He's like, dude, you wrote a book. Like, get, get on this. Like, yeah. just get a Lightning wallet. It's not hard. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> this is the impetus. Um, so literally, after he does the job, I on a Saturday night at like 11 o'clock, I'm messaging him. I'm going, okay, thanks for this. This is exactly what I want. Da, 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 da. Um, I get, how do I, you know, do you send me an invoice? What do I do? He's like, yep, here, send me an invoice. Oh, here's your invoice. Uh, just plug this in and pay me. And so we're literally on live chatting online, invoice received one second, punch it in the blue wallet, hit send. I hit send and two seconds later, he's like received. And I'm like, 
That, that's amazing. It, it, that You're, is mind blowing. Yeah. The banks are closed. You know, like it's a weekend. No, if no I, fees or are there? And, small, and, small and I didn't fees. send him like a lot a of money, right? I, I I sent him like the equivalent of seventy five bucks, basically. And it was, you know, if I tried to wire it, a bank wire minimum would have cost like 50 that much. Fifty bucks. Yeah, it yeah, would have yeah. cost as much as as I was sending. But no, I sent it off hours. Doesn't matter, weekend holiday, whatever, and it arrived. Boom, snap of a finger yeah. instantly. Well, strike just It's those moments. It's those moments that really change your thinking and, on a lot of this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I've sent, obviously, on chain transactions, and I understand how that works. And it's like, okay, you wait and you're sort of making sure it confirms it leaves one wall. You're peeing and hawing. Okay. I hope I didn't screw up and put a bunch in the wrong address. There's a, that, the, the chain, the, the grocery chain in South Africa, right? South Africa yep. that's using it. And there, there's been adoption. You see it. It seems like there's some problems with it because some of the invoices are taking it, a little yeah, it's long. Still in, but that's, in, infancy. No, it's normal. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're seeing it and it's just like, it is once you, it's strange. Like the, 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 the plumbing of that open monetary network, protocol network, yep. whatever you want to call it. Right. The plumbing of that every day to, to, to how, not, how that doesn't become a thing. Like I, how that doesn't take off because I just don't understand like what it's very hard for people once they use it to go to be like to go back to the regular thing and be like this is this is not like not substantially worse than what i just totally and and actually coming back a little bit that we were talking about sort of crypto and how the the ftx thing exposes a lot of crypto one of the big arguments about a lot of other coins are oh well bitcoin is slow you know this one is so much faster this the 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 confirmation time is 30 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever you know what have you okay well now we have lightning we send Bitcoin instantly. We just destroyed, you know, 90% or 95% of the supposed value propositions of all these other cryptos. It is weird that, because we've talked about this a few times, but why is there not coverage of light? Like there's very little coverage of lightning. lightning. A lot of people that follow call it the, the crypto space, which, which one good thing is that there I'm, there's more and more people that I've spoken to and it's not this huge amount, but there, it, it's a growing number that will dif- differentiate between crypto and Bitcoin which at least is a, as a start, but I don't understand with a lot of these, you know, these reports and things like that on the quote unquote crypto space. I even hate using that word like you, they don't talk about lightning. And I'm like, I guess is there a vested interest to build up these other tokens? So they're cashing out of these things. They're, they're right? still I, trying to understand. They're still trying to figure out Bitcoin. Right. So, I mean, lightning is a whole other literal layer, you know, how can we expect them to wrap their heads around Lightning when they haven't figured out Bitcoin? Because if they really understood Bitcoin, they would realize it. But or, just again, if, or, if you're yeah. just looking at the growth number, the user numbers alone, like a very simple stat, you should be talking about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and then and any one of them that does, they'll discount it and say, well, it's still small compared to some of the other, you know, crypto stuff. But if you look at the growth on it, and I think what's really misleading when you look at the Lightning Network, for anyone listening who doesn't understand what that is, it's just another kind of layer on top of Bitcoin where a lot of transactions can happen. The usage is very deceiving because it's like having a bar tab. So you could charge a hundred things to that bar tab and only at the end of the night will that get posted to kind of, let's call it the main chain or, you know, closed out or whatever you want to say. So it might look like one transaction the way I understand the architecture right now on the Bitcoin network. But on top of that one transaction, there might have been 100 different transactions happening. So when people report on Bitcoin usage, some of the hedge fund guys, I'm always baffled because they're like, well, the usage is growing faster in other areas. I'm like, you aren't taking into account perhaps thousands 
hundreds of thousands, millions of transactions already happening on the Lightning Network that only get represented on the Bitcoin layer, maybe not for days and days and days. And when they do, it shows up maybe as like one settlement transaction. Yeah, and it, not, it doesn't have to be a huge amount either. because could be a tiny amount. No, because be, yeah, those, be those be transactions amounts. can be small. Yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah. So I was talking I, I, the, the usage in the Lightning Network, which isn't talked about yeah, anywhere. But yeah, yeah, I get. But I, but they'll look at the Bitcoin usage and just you're right, dismiss it. And I'm like, are you not not you, you could have Lightning you like the two users that were involved in Jesse's transaction. Where are they reported? If you just look at the main chain, what's going on there? You won't even see that transaction. Yeah, it's not going to be especially if they keep the money in the Lightning their Lightning wallets. It's just going to yeah, and that's another thing about Lightning is sort of once you, you know. Um, post from the main chain to Lightning. So you sort of convert, if you want to think about it, your BTC to sats, which is just, you know, denominating in bigger denomination dollars versus cents, if you want to think about it that way. Um, you kind of just keep using it. So I'll send, you know, to different people for different products or services or what have you. And then maybe I'll start receiving some for different things. If I sell books here or there, you know, people often pay me in Lightning if I go to meetups and I sell books. And so it just becomes this very, it's it's like cash in the wallet. I'm just kind of, money yeah. comes in, money comes out. I'm not accumulating. The accumulation comes from, you have your job, you have your whatever, your savings, whatever. Um, but just very transactional, low level, nothing too major. It's not, you know, I'm not going to buy a house with sats on Lightning. Um, I'm not going to buy a house in Canada with Bitcoin right now anyway. But point being... It's it's very smooth. It's Jesse, very come on, easy. Help it's us like, out. Yeah, we have some property yeah, tell that you can buy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Listen, when are you going to buy some property? Are, are you willing to take a, a pretty big discount on the, the price of uh, a real estate? Up to the seller. Yeah, we're yeah, just the, yeah, you're just we're the middleman. We're just man. the broker. You're, we're oh, the middleman. We're, we're the classic fiat business. What do we are the broker. You are Jesse. you are a rent seeking okay. middleman. We are a very important you, part of the yeah. fiat system. Yeah. Okay. Jesse can't even, that's the hardest he's laughed since he's ever been here. Just laughing. Listen, okay, we play yeah. a very vital role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the economy. I was talking to John Vallis and we were kind of just joking about, you know, just real estate and stuff. And and, and part of the, um, when you manipulate uh, an economy with a, a, a kind of a centrally planned money, you people get defensive with their money because they don't know what to do and they put it in things that then become monetized. Maybe it's art, maybe it's real estate. And, and you know, it's funny because before Bitcoin, this business was the only business we could figure out on really how to um, benefit from this old fiat system. It was like, hey, we're buying real estate. It's working. Yep. We're able to stay ahead of inflation rate and stuff. And it evolved into you know, creating a brokerage, which we even hated the industry, Jesse, never wanted to have a brokerage. I, I, I know, we've but had yeah, this, yeah, I remember just, this conversation. But this business, yep. if you really look at it, the productive capacity of Nick, myself, the we were very fortunate, we have an amazing team around us. If they were put to use in a different capacity, like, you know, making better energy efficient, making better education, and, and working in an economy that was around that, it would be much better use of all of our brain power, but instead the financialization of the world, if you just look at Bay Street in Canada, yeah. how many of the brightest minds in this country are working in areas, Nick, some of your friends that are working in financial products, that's really just what? When people earn money, they have to find a way to invest it so it doesn't lose value against inflation. And we have some of the brightest minds yes. in the country chasing their tails in circles in an industry that should barely even exist. We have a highly financialized economy and, you know, I haven't put down any formal thoughts on paper about this. I, I've talked about it just a little bit sometimes with, with friends or I you're, guess I meet up. You're starting to get your serious voice on. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. 
Um, but no, you, you hit on an important point. We're wasting, you know, it's opportunity cost, right? It's economics 101. The engineer could be spending his time creating some financialized product that, you know, he gets a cut of because he's a rent-seeking middleman too in this case, instead of building a bridge or yeah. helping construct a, a, you know, beautiful piece of architecture or something that's going to enrich lives. Somebody on our ways. team here is an aerospace engineer. And he's working in real estate. Like that, that's fiat malinvestment, misallocation of resources, you know, personified. It's, I don't know where this, this takes us and, and, and where it ends, but here's back to Nick's point. Cause I, I like when Nick brings this stuff up. Cause it just makes me think okay, I, before. I, okay. Oh, I, 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 I was going to add to the point. No, okay, no, you, okay. No. I didn't want to interrupt your thought. Okay. Um, because here's, here's the, the one other thing that was coming to mind with that. So I understand, you know, the technology side of it is like, to me, the sales pitch almost, but the, on the government side, when usage increases, then their feet, like they're going to, the threat, the threat mm-hmm. of the tax revenue, mm-hmm. because it's so bloated to your point, Jesse, yep. it's, it's, it, you know, it, 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 there's so many ways, the, the funds that are wasted in this country are there. It's an absolute joke. Like I, I remember 20 years ago when I was working in a municipal government, I couldn't believe at that age, I, I even saw just the way things worked. I couldn't believe how much, um, overspending there was on stuff, how inefficient things were. Like it blew, it, it stuck with me for my whole life. Like very quickly I saw that, it blew my mind. I've always been a person, I kind of like efficiency. I like figuring out the system. You know, I'm kind of looking for kind of, not maybe not shortcuts. You're, you're a hacker, efficient. you're trying to hack I'm always system. trying to figure things yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I would look at the way things were being done and it just, blew, like it baffled my brain immediately. And that was as a early 20s kid. You know, it didn't take me to being 50 years old and looking around the world. And so I can only imagine what it's like now. And you see some of the numbers being shared, like about like these studies they do. And I'll still never forget. I think we spend about 460 or $480,000 on the Ontario cannabis store logo. Oh, that's and, right. And do you remember that? I, Did you I, I don't remember that. Oh, you got but, but, but that, that, that actually that actually sounds like they underspend yeah. compared to what they would have done. And, and they could have Fiverr. Fiverr could have done it. And yeah, Fiverr could have done it. The, the logo is just like bucks. two letters or something. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like an O C B all it's, intertwined. Like it's it's literally like a grade five class. My, my graphic, yeah. my book, my the my book cover cost far less than that. Yeah, it blew. Like I, that's the type of thing that just blows my mind. So they're going to see that, and it's a threat to all of them. And then so I interrupted your thoughts. I don't know if that goes. Exactly with that thought, because I was thinking, okay, Nick's right. Like this threat is going to increase. And even if it's very, very minimal, like I'm, I'm making the threat sound like it's huge right now. Let's let's be realistic. I guess with the usage, we might all get a cheerleading it, but maybe it's still, you know, relatively small threat. But as it increases, I think they can delay this, but I also think it's inevitable, not because it's an open network, but if I take the other side of the argument, the fiat system is so indebted that this blows up at some point. And it might not even be in my entire lifetime, but I feel like it's a, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's a grain in sand in time almost that the next 50 years, 80 years, five years, three years, somewhere between now and some point of, I, I would, I gotta think it's in my lifetime. The fiat system blows up. Okay. Well, so, well sorry, uh, just- No, no, yeah, you go ahead and then I got one more for you guys. Sort of more addressing what you were saying, Nick. Um, let's say, and this, at this point, doesn't even sound that far out of the question. Trudeau gets threatened by Bitcoin, feels threatened. Pardon me, not. I think is he wakes up. But he he's got such a problem with his own ego that he feels threatened every day about something. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. No. Every you know, 
I don't, I don't even want to start talking about him right now because I'll just lose it. Um, um, no, but he, you know, goes on the attack, decides he's going to attack Bitcoin for whatever reason, try to overregulate it, try to clamp down on it. You know, we've heard the point maybe that Bitcoin is expensive to tyranny in the sense that it is very hard to physically locate and track down. You may be able to track it digitally to some degree, but it is still for the individual, a very defensible position. So, okay, you physically come and compromise me. There are ways that I can still ensure that even if I am compromised, even if I give you the key that I know about, it will still be very difficult for you to access my Bitcoin. But B, and more importantly, it makes capital mobile, right? So, okay, I see regulation coming down the pipeline that feels very threatening to me. Well, if I want to pick up and go with my wealth, if the majority of my wealth is stored in Bitcoin, it's very easy for me to do so. Whereas if the majority of your wealth, sorry guys, is parked in real estate, you can't exactly pick that up and walk across a border or fly a plane and go to El Salvador or go to but Mexico then, or then what have you. To Nick's point, that is more of the threat. That you that, would take it up and go. Yes. No, but the threat to the government and their reaction to it is what I'm saying. Right, but they can't stop that or it's very, very, very difficult. difficult to stop and that's the whole point is that and it, and once, is that it is expensive to tyranny yeah i wonder mm. if they can um because if you you know not now but in the future um if they could because they would look at you and they would just say okay well we know that you put on this you bought through this exchange that's regulated at this point in time right now it's i, I don't think they, they you know they, they ask where it's going and what the wallet is but they track it they're like oh okay well you transfer this stuff here we're just going to do a deemed disposition of this like we are with your other assets when you're leaving and you're going to pay this much or you're not going anywhere right and i don't know because your passwords we know like the passwords are going to go digital that gets shut down you're not going anywhere unless you're swimming um, yeah that's a whole other story so, for but, sure but that's yeah that's so here's what i was, I was going to say about the adoption thing now did you see the video that i sent you yesterday about that it was, it was from pierre Pollier. i did uh, yeah, yeah but explaining quantitative easing quantitative that was a great explanation. it was it was a great right there's no so, way he can stay this good if he becomes prime minister no, that, i have no hope yeah. of any politicians i agree so I, 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 tune for sure yeah, that is, i don't know him personally so i apologize if he takes that as an insult but i'm just suspicious yeah the way he, <laughs> the way he outlined that it, it was forget, very good for a was, politician i don't know if you saw that video or, I, I saw the beginning of it and i actually thought you know this kind of sounds a little bit I, I write these threads now when the bank of canada does threads talking about here's how quantitative easing works or here's how interest rates or some such thing work i read it and i go this sounds like gibberish. They're obviously lying because I understand what they're trying to tell you. And so I sort of quote you've, them. Yeah, you've and, done a good job breaking and, them down. sort of make, you know, I break down their double speak. Anyway, I heard his, the beginning of his speech and he had the line. He goes, oh, they, they didn't uh, technically lie. They figuratively lied or something like that. And I was like, that's, I literally used that word, for oh, the, that you? line four yeah, months yeah. ago. So he's reading I wonder if he saw my thread. I wonder. I wonder. But uh, he's got a burner account. He's yeah. A burner. But I do agree with you. I, I, anyone that talks a big game, it's very hard for them to keep that once they're in power. And there's a lot of forces. He know, even called out Toronto. Power. Was that speech done in Toronto? Yeah. Empire. Well, yeah. He even called out. He even in that speech when he was talking about how bad quantitative easing is for the Canadian economy, he even called out. He said people in Toronto. And the next line was something along the lines of don't believe this or might not think this. He was attacking yeah. pretty powerful financial players in Toronto. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, well, can he like, do that and get elected? I, 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 so I don't know that. But let's so I'm I'm using him as an example. He needs Toronto to get elected. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our system. But, but maybe yeah, he's exactly. going for the millennial vote. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so. 
so you have someone that understands the way money, like yeah. that it's, it's not, you know, we'll, we'll openly speak. Now that other ones don't understand, maybe they do. He maybe clearly they understands. But he understands yeah. and he'll openly speak about it. So understands the system. So let's say you, you have someone like that. I'm not saying he's a, a pro Bitcoin person or anything like that. I don't want to go there. But if you have someone that understands the money and that will help people understand that, does can that ever, do you think that can ever help further adoption? Or when that person ever gets in power, does is the force are the forces just too great That's that are the, going to change the thing? Because I don't think that will ever happen. Like I don't think anything to help adoption, other than mistakes being made, like freezing truckers' bank accounts and that type of stuff, will ever ever come from the top. You know, I'm just wondering. Like, is that what? Anything's possible, but you know, what percent chance do you put on that? Because that changes things, and I just don't. I don't see that as a as a feasible you know, uh, something coming to reality. Could, could he not say, let, okay, so let's say this guy gets into power. And it doesn't even have to be him. Like we can talk hypothetically, no, but anyway, any politician right? yeah, who understands yeah, money. Yeah. If all he did was say, you can also legally use Bitcoin as a medium of exchange and you're not going to be taxed every time you use it because, you know, today if you use an asset and it changes in value, it's capital gains yeah. and all this but nonsense. How can they do that? The, the revenue loss but, is huge. But, no, but, but I guess what you would say is, but we're recording in fiat equivalent. I'm just trying to, I'm just spitballing yeah, yeah, here. Okay, okay. We're recording in current fiat equivalent of that transaction and your business has to pay us fiat equivalent in taxes or Bitcoin or Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Now that defeats the purpose of money, right? That's agreed. But yeah, it's okay. one way to begin introducing it into a country with having two systems play alongside, the government begins to collect Bitcoin, begins to use it as a as a medium of exchange and now a unit of account. I don't and and it, um, and the fiat system doesn't. It's not like a snap of the fingers where it's dead. I I don't see Bitcoin as something that's conducive for a large entity like government to collect it. Right? Like if if we say okay, the government has a Bitcoin account. Well, who holds the keys? You know, who, how are we going to set that but up? Let's just, let's just assume it's fine. And we, and we have a, the 10 greatest people all sharing. That right. Well, you know, assumption is the mother of all, you know. Yeah. You know but but let's, let's remove um, that as an argument. I mean, it's still immoral for them to take a piece of the pie every time you're right. Every time you buy something. Well, it is, anyway. it is and it isn't. It depends because I guess because I that's one thing that I, I kind of, you know. No. We, we have a lot. We're given a lot in this country. A lot of people come here from other countries and they, they, they come here because there's a lot going on and we're given a lot. So I think we I think paying taxes is OK. Like, I think we should contribute no, I, to the infrastructure. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not I'm 100 percent against taxes. It's how and when they're collected. OK. And if I'm. If I go um, buy a sandwich in Bitcoin and pay $10 worth of Bitcoin for a sandwich, somewhat, I'm, I'm having an equal exchange of value, right? Mm. I am giving the, the, the sandwich maker value in the form of money, in the form of Bitcoin, and they're giving me food. Sure. It's a fair trade. I don't yeah. need a third party in between saying, okay, give me 30% of that or 13% of so that. So where, you know, that's a good point. I can see that. So yeah. where does the government, because I want hospitals. I want my, you know, like I, I like, of course. Roads. I like roads and a police. Oh, don't, and you're not going to do and, the and, roads and, thing, are you? Well, a judicial you, system. Let's you, go to, you let's know, go. You know they uh, had roads before the income tax. Well, let's go to, I like a judicial system <laughs> yeah. where property at some point yes. can be ruled on in some capacity. Otherwise, yeah, con consumption my, tax. So you think a certain, consumption tax, but that's what you were there, just describing. There are ways. I mean, I haven't gone down and, and no, we're, read we're a lot about this in a long time. We're just time. all yeah. spitballing. I guess, sorry, it's income. 
that is problematic for taxing. That's the one where it's more of a free trade. I guess a sandwich, bleh, maybe, kind of, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't need to taxes. Go we even right. need we're, to write an article on that. I'm going to need to do because we need, to put, we need, put some. We need, because to Nick's point, I agree. Like, okay, so. You know, I like the economic argument of like, um, there's a, there's an economist from a long time ago that's used in economics or in Austrian economics as an example, saying how yeah. do the, how do Parisians get fed? There's no central planning, but food magically shows up in the right squares and the right bakeries and everybody mm-hmm. gets the food and there's no central planning. It all just yeah. kind of happens. So to your point about roads, I get it. Yeah. But there is some value to me in a judicial system, a police force, and that, and a firefighting force, and perhaps some hospitals, not some, like not perhaps, a hospital system. But a, I lot, like but a lot of these are just services that can Correct. be privately run. Yeah. And they can give charity, right? Like people are giving people, if they have what to give and they're actively, you know, if I'm actively, again, if, if I'm making sandwiches, mm-hmm. most of the customers, 98% of the customers come through the door pay, but then someone comes in and he just doesn't have anything, right? I can say, you know what? And I could see I, that. I can and, see and that. that but, but, that, but that's actually been the case in different periods in, in history where we had far less taxes, where people were just no, more agreed. giving because they but had more giving. how do we give. bridge? I agree. Yeah, no, how I, do we I, get there? I don't know. And that's it's, where I'm saying, if to back to Nick's point of if a prime minister comes in, maybe you have to have what El Salvador is doing and saying Bitcoin is legal tender. Um, but it's out there with our other legal tender for some point of time, because you're right. If you have a monetary base and a form of money that goes up in value over time, then if you're running a hospital, the, you, you might earn enough from that hospital to be very chari- charitable. But if you're, if you're running a hospital in a fiat-based system where the money that you earn goes down in value, it's hard to be charitable. Well, we're talking about being efficient, right? If we, if we ran in a, in a world where we were just far more efficient, there would be more room forgiving right yeah right we're, we're thinking in the context of the services we have now where everything's constricted and tight and there's not enough for the you know the but i'm the talking about the there. bridge no no the bridge you know it's, it's gonna be that's, messy. That's not, it's gonna be messy there's no i don't think there's any real way around that and, and a place like el salvador is a very different story whereas in canada right whether it's pierre or someone else who ultimately comes in if they understand money and they want to try to bridge the gap they're in this sort of dual position where okay they want to bring in the new thing but they have to because Canada controls its own currency and it's a, you know so widely used. They have to maintain it to some degree. Okay, so go to Where, whereas in El Salvador, they, they didn't control the dollar, right? Their only currency was the dollar. They didn't have their own currency. It blew up however many you know decades ago. So yeah. they just had the U.S. dollar. They were at the mercy of a different country anyway. So being at the mercy of Bitcoin... It's just a new. It's just okay, another so the bridge is a flat tax. It's a flat tax, a percentage based on what you earn. Flat tax to every Canadian. Everything out the window. No consumption tax, and it's a flat tax on on what you uh, earn. I don't. I don't As a bri- I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying we could argue about like if this is a libertarian answer or not. I'm just talking about a bridge. I, I'm just saying let's get to some place where Bitcoin is used. But how do we go from is, here to there? Is is the bridge is. Because uh, if, if we don't talk about this, yeah. it's going to be, and if this evolves the way we up. think, it's going to be chaotic. Yeah. Is, is the bridge not, maybe the bridge has nothing to do with tax. Maybe it's a change in behavior. What I mean by that is, Jesse, I agree with you about tax. Like I, we pay far, like we pay tax. We pay way more tax. Like yeah, when you step, too much tax. Yeah. Like you pay Income, tax. consumption, investment, Literally, every, gain. literally yeah. every transaction. Yeah. It's like every step you take on the sidewalk is you, it just, it's like you hear ching, ching. Energy. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, just it's nuts, right? Yeah. So, so I agree with that. 
but is but I'm okay paying you know uh, you know my, my yeah, fair share your like, fair share yeah. but is the pro like to me the problem is this the 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 deficit spending system of the government so you know because they just keep making more and, and there's no decisions have to be made efficiencies out the window long time like I mean you can't even on a scale of one to a hundred it, it 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 doesn't even it doesn't even compute as a zero like the yeah. efficiency is so low so. Does that have to change where the government starts changing? Say, hey, look, we, there's hard decisions to be made, and I know this politically no, they won't do it. But that's the yeah. thing. But, yeah, but we have to we have to decide where we're spending our money. Yeah. This is the income. This is our spending, and then we spend that, and then it's like, okay, guys, we need more money for this, this, or this. Everyone's got to pay more. Like, like the, it, you're right because as long as they can spend more than they take in. And this is the problem with the whole system. It, it so you're making me think it's going to be chaotic and transition. So, but it'll so just never happen. Yeah. The We're screwed. The flip side of, you know, they can spend more than they take in, which obviously they do and they have for a long time. And they're going to continue to do because they're sort of boxing themselves in what they need to deficit spend to keep perpetuate all the systems they have in place is that is the thing that drives the value to Bitcoin. So that makes Bitcoin bigger. That makes, you know, OK, yes, that makes guys like us maybe a target per se. Um, but it also... As, as Bitcoin grows and as the more people understand it, it's not just you and me. There are politicians who get it and regulators who get it. And maybe they're using it and their incentive starts to change. That's too, true. The politicians themselves are using be, it. Because, you know, I'll, you know, I can say, I, you know, I know for a fact there are politicians that have bought, owned, stored Bitcoin on a private wallet. Oh, shit, Jesse. And... Don't. You know, no name, name, name. No, name. No, name. no, 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 you have to name it. You're not leaving here until yeah, you name no, it. That's not going to happen. No, but you see my brother. He's not going to let you leave. That? Yeah. 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 Um, but that happens. <laughs> and so there, you know, and we saw Pierre did his shawarma purchase, right? With yeah. Ali from Tahini's. Yeah. So, okay. You know, maybe he has, he only has $20 worth of Bitcoin. He doesn't have a whole stash, but he's in, you know, there yeah. are people who have it for sure. And so what's their incentive? And the more, again, you have more regulators. It's like the system that you talk about as being this gargantuan, the people holding it up, their support is slowly fading away in the process mm -hmm. of. Yeah. And as an older generation, this is going to sound brutal, but I, I forget what the average age, Nick, of the U.S. Senate is. I saw it. The other day. It's, like, <laughs> it's something like it might be 80 I, or it's I, like I 70. It, it's, and, yeah. and so as, as some of these people pass away and a new generation comes in, it might go from Jeez. where, it, and it, that might be sudden. It might go from like nothing, nothing, nothing is changing to like, boom, a lot of change happens in 12 months. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't look at it as an age thing though. It's, I mean, obviously the politicians that have been around for decades and decades, they don't get anything. Forget Bitcoin. <laughs> they just don't get anything. Um, because there are young people who are incentivized kind of taken in yeah. by, yeah. you know. So basically what we've concluded so yeah, far is that the, transi the, the transition to any sort of Bitcoin usage in a widespread way is going to be a very chaotic, bumpy transition. And the medium of as it gets as it gets picking up as a medium of exchange, we don't know how hard the government is going to come in and try to thwart that. We don't. So it's, basically, it's, going to be some it's an interesting future them. ahead because there's government headwinds and chaos. <laughs> and so it's on the it's on the people using it to proactively yeah. defend it in certain ways, right? Whether that's maybe you're acquiring Bitcoin in non-KYC ways, or maybe you're you know again you're you're using certain multi-sigs, whatever it may be multi-signature schemes to protect it. I, I think it'll be like the fall of Rome. Like when Rome fell, the last emperor was taken out and imprisoned or, you know, tortured or whatever. And, you know, the, the, the Romans left to go become 
you know, serfs in a feudal system to farm the land because the taxes were so high in Rome that they just didn't work anymore. The inflation was so much. And it goes from existing, existing, existing to the last day, the last emperor is literally taken out and, you know, dismissed in a brutal fashion. So I just feel like we're there. Like it's going, it's working, it's working, it's working. And then one day everybody just has that eye-opening moment where like, wow, that was over five years ago, but it just took us now. And maybe that window's 50 years and not five. Yeah. Did, uh, before we started, I didn't, I I just seen the top point there on that, that piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah. Barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue. Did you you want, did you want? Sorry. I think we're going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Let's get to point number two. Yeah. No, no. Point two. We we can talk about it a little bit. So, um, (laughs) you guys obviously know, but for the listeners, uh, I wrote an article March of 2021 titled risk it for the brisket, the barbecue rebellion and the great reject. It was an article about, uh, Adamson Barbecue, which was a restaurant in Toronto, who uh, decided to defy lockdowns in fall of 2020 because he said to himself, this is pointless. And I understand that it's not actually, there's no scientific merit behind this. And we won't dive into all of it. But by now, I would think people have probably come around to the idea that lockdowns maybe didn't help so much. Yeah. And to be clear, there, there was science at that time, because some people were like, well, that's easy to say now. But at that time, no, no, there, no. Was, there was science available. And he was, it wasn't just this guy making a, a random decision. As, as yeah. someone who's spent far more time than I ever would have wanted to looking into scientific <laughs> studies and thinking about this stuff, I can assure you, yes, there was definitely supportive science that said lockdowns were a horrible idea. They were not actually backed by anything scientific. They were, they were eight. So there were two reasons we locked down for reference. Um, number one, a guy named Neil Ferguson at Imperial College oh. in the UK came out with this model saying, oh, you know, a zillion people are going to die from COVID. What people don't necessarily know about Neil Ferguson is that he also predicted zillions of people were going to die from swine flu and um, and uh, SARS or H1N1, which are two other or bird flu. Anyway, he, he's come out with these crazy models. They've all been discredited. And for some reason... He came out with a model again for COVID. They go, we're going to listen to this guy and everyone's going to, this is the model we're all going to look at as the gold standard for what's going to happen. It was those China videos that went out with it. And that's with part people two. just falling to the ground. And that's part two. There was uh, a, guy, a lawyer in the U.S. named Michael Sanger has documented this in detail. There was a very sophisticated social media propaganda campaign orchestrated by China, the, the Chinese, or it's very likely to have been orchestrated by Xi and the Chinese government. Because they were kind of um, compelling when they first came out. You remember those videos? It, like, but it's not hell? just the videos. It's a lot more than the videos, actually. There were bots that were basically constantly tagging and replying to politicians, say, you have to lock down, you have to fall, da, da, da. So between the Ferguson model getting oh, really? elevated- there, there is some documentation of that? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, oh yeah, I got it. Oh, wow. I, so okay. uh, Michael Sanger wrote a book called Snake Oil, Talk, talks all about it. <laughs> He's, oh, wow. he's documented everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all. Jesse just gave me a look. I'm like, Tom, I'm surprised you don't know. <laughs> no, no, yeah, like I said, I've spent yeah. way too much time. Um, anyway, so going back to the, the barbecue note on the paper. Um, he had his day in court. He, he, I wrote the article in March, and I didn't find out until after I posted the article, but I was very happy to find out. Um, because of some of the funds he raised through a GoFundMe, which he didn't actually launch, some stranger when he got arrested launched it for him. He raised a lot of money. Um, he managed to bring in six subject matter ex- experts to testify on his behalf. And it wasn't just, we're testifying that you shouldn't lock down restaurants. He basically said, we're going after every scientific basis for restrictions. 
and how they are violating our charter rights. He, he went after the entire COVID narrative and he had sort of the science to back it up. Um, based, you know, things like age stratification, right? Yes, COVID is dangerous, but to certain people, mostly if you're elderly, especially if you're infirm, right? If, you're, if you have multiple comorbidities, what have you. Yes, that's where the danger is. We should protect those people. But if you're under the age of 50 or 60 and you're in good health, you have very little to worry about. You don't have to stock up on toilet yeah, paper? Yeah, you don't have to stock no up on toilet, toilet paper. No toilet paper, emergency? And that science was widely available at the time. But our talking heads didn't talk about it mm. for whatever reason. I, I, you know, I don't want to speculate on that. It doesn't even matter. They just completely ignored reality and they made everyone paranoid with fear. And so he was trying to get this court case brought forward where he was going to show all this evidence, get it on the record here. We can show you. The court case uh, had a hearing scheduled for uh, sometime in June, end of June, I guess. Of 2022? 20, 2021. 2021, okay. End of June 2021. And within five minutes of the hearing starting, the case got thrown out because of some procedural error. So meeting uh, some clerk or somebody? I don't there was know. A yeah, there were, the, you know. Like it's he, an administrative error? An administrative error. It's, I think... At the end of the day, Adamson has sort of said that, listen, the lawyer probably screwed up, which is atrocious because he was a constitutional lawyer. He's been through a lot of constitutional okay. challenges. So, you know, he so, was, so it was kind of legit that it got, it was little, it's just unfortunate. It, it was very unfortunate and it cost, it caused a big setback in terms of time, in terms of you have to refile the challenge. He wasn't basically sure if he was going to do it again. Um, but he, did he? So the, the file, he has now, as of, I forget, you know, a month or two ago, actually refiled it. He has the funds to do all this? He doesn't have all the funds yet. I, he's raising money? He It's sort of stealthily raising. It's pretty quiet. He's not making a big show of it. Oh, okay. um, he's already raised some money. Um, I'm probably going to write something to okay. try to, you know, as a follow-up to the piece that I wrote, because the story, in effect, was incomplete, right? It didn't have its ending. Yeah. Um, I made my points in the story, which you guys know about, and I would encourage readers to go check out. It was a very uh, patriotic story, Canadian, you know, all about the Canadian values. Um, we'll link to the article in the show notes of this episode sure. so people can find it. Um, it's uh, I, I'm very, very proud of that article. I think it's uh, some of the best writing I've ever done, maybe even, you know, as good as the book oh, cool. for sure, and if I not better. But it's, about yeah, it, no, I, 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 I was very meticulous in how I wrote it and what I wrote about and wanting to really, you know, I'm telling his story, but he's a, sort of the vessel for the story that I was telling as well. So it's, it, it, cool. it you know, it takes, it is book. a great read. I have to admit it is an amazing read. Not, I have to admit, I would like to state yeah. that it is a great read. So, uh, so where are we now then? So it's filed. He hasn't, okay. he hasn't uh, publicly come out and sort of said, Hey, I'm looking for money, but I'm probably going to write a follow-up piece to is there, further the story. And are in there my dates mind. set for these next years? Not yet. No, uh, why, why pro not? probably in a few months. No, I, it, Cause you I just, wait. no, I don't think it's, it's happened yet. Basically it oh, just okay. hasn't, I, I, I don't know exactly yeah, how okay. the proceedings have gone. Okay. Uh, I think he might need to get to a certain threshold. I feel like you need dollars. to be in the courtroom. Me? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. I feel like I could see you in the courtroom there. Subject matter the... expert of what? Of, yeah, of yeah. clown world? <laughs> just no, as an observer. Yeah, as, as an, an observer. observer. Oh, I did tune in by Zoom to his, the hearing where it got thrown out in five minutes. I was literally, I had a, an interview lined up with a, an independent reporter and she's like, you know, we were texting and watching online. She's like, okay, after it's over, we're going to set up, we're going to do our own interview so we can talk about it. And we were going to follow it for both days. And literally, again, it ended in five minutes and we're like, what the F so just Jesse, happened? Who is Jesse Berger? 
How have you got to the point where you're writing a book on magic internet money? You're writing articles on barbecue guy. Let me say his name because I don't want to call him barbecue guy. Yeah, uh, Adam Skelly. Adam Skelly. You're writing all this stuff. You're on Twitter talking about the Bank of Canada raising <laughs> rates. Like, who who is Jesse Berger? How have you got to this place? Yeah. What it, what what's what what are you doing? It's a, a culmination of you know, all my experiences and education and, and, and self-education really, because there's, you know, I, I remember, I tell this story a lot of, you know, you learn in school, I studied economics in school and philosophy. So there's a little bit of that. Philosophy mixed everything I I'm sure whatever you learned in economics, throw that in. The yeah, no, but, but I, I would joke in my, the, my first interviews that I ever did when I was getting, you know, interviewing it for jobs after, after undergrad that, oh yeah, you know, people would say, that's a weird combination, economics and philosophy. And I would, and I just had this canned answer where I'd go, well, what's the point of learning about markets if you don't think about how they actually work? And I'd always get this stunned look and it's like, you shouldn't be this stunned. Like, are you not thinking about how this all works? And then sure enough, I'm working at Royal Bank my first few years in, in life. And, you know, people would always come in. I, I worked at Young and Bloor at the corner of Young and Bloor. So it's okay. like this crazy cross it's the one of the busiest intersections in canada and you get the crazy cross section of just people from all walks of life who come through rich poor culture all kinds of cultural religious backgrounds what have you um and at the end of every month people come through with their welfare checks and you just cash the check no matter what like it doesn't you know normally you check a bank account yeah. hey are there funds because we got a that was a government one. check and i just remember seeing all the i don't know am i supposed to talk about this i just remember seeing um all these negative balanced accounts. It's like, doesn't matter. Just process, Gosh, process, exactly. process. And I was just like, what is this? Like, what, what am I seeing? What is happening? This makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Negative balance accounts of these. Of the city of Toronto. No, oh, no. Oh, of the city of Toronto. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. But you just cashed the check. The money came from it, somewhere. It's just going back. Well, that, that's banking for you, yeah. right? It's just, there's no, when you do banking or, you know, when we issue a loan, right? If you, if you get a mortgage, it's not like the bank takes half a million dollars that they have sitting around in their savings and they go, okay, we're taking it from here and now we're putting it in this other place so that you have the money for your house. It's just a credit on a ledger that they made up. I think if more Canadians understood that the, the, the $20 bill that they might happen to have in their pocket, if anyone still has $20 bills in their pocket, if you trace that all the way back, it was a loan. That $20 bill yeah. is a loan. Like there's no money. So, so I think people think like there's money in our current system. Everything we touch is a loan. Yeah. The $20 was, was loaned out. Was created out of debt. Out of debt. Like, yeah. And that's the whole problem. It's not a capital-based money system. It's a debt-based And it rewards system. the people who issue the debt, the bankers. Yeah. And it's why it's funny. For years, I had some close friends who were always kind of getting, trying to pull me into politics. And I'm like, listen, the politicians aren't the problem here. It's the bankers. Speak, <laughs> it's the banking system. Speak, speaking of bankers and debt, did you guys see the BIS news yesterday? I did, the, yeah. The, about bank, the, the Bank for International Settlements. Yeah. So, so this is like the, quote, central bank of central banks. And apparently they just discovered, I forget if, uh, you know. Is it 75? Yeah, it was what like was 65 or 80. I saw different numbers, but either way, 65, we'll, we'll say 65 trillion with a T dollars of worth of debt that they just quote, the, the, the Reuters headline was, we had a blind spot. They can't find. They just, we lost it. We don't quite we don't understand. It. We don't know who has it. We don't know where it is. Like, okay, if I lose $65, you know, I'd be a little cheesed, but like it happens maybe if, you know, you leave your wallet somewhere or something. 65 trillion, like the entire GDP of the planet. Oh, we just lost that yeah. debt. We lost track of it. 
how is that like if that doesn't highlight just the absolute state of the Madness. world and the financial world i don't know what does it's kind of um yeah I and, and i mean they knew there was a lot out there let's let's be clear yeah, yeah. They, they, they it's not like they didn't know there but was the fact that they're coming out, out and saying like oops we lost this much i mean that's why i think we're closer and closer to the fall of rome yeah that so much more is now coming out that like that tipping point like yeah. the inflection point's almost here and it's not it's not like conjecture like this was in reuters like this is mm -hmm. not just yeah, us, yeah. like this isn't a conspiracy yeah theory. exactly this is, like coming out from their own mouths yeah um jesse so we made it through kind of two points not i i was hoping to at least get into three points but we didn't get what, to three. what what's the other uh, one the next one was the media that's too long oh i know we that's can't even <laughs> well we'll bring you back jesse i mean uh Thank you. There's lots uh, of stuff to talk about. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if you want to. Maybe that was. I just. just I, I don't I, think. I've, for my own emotional well-being, I think I. I need to. I'll have to step out if you. Oh, I have. That I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm very opinionated. Yeah, I, I, I have I thoughts know. on that. So, uh, just to repeat, you are the author of Magic Internet Money, a book about Bitcoin. I love it because it's a very approachable entry point into the world of Bitcoin. And for those of you who don't know literally each page is a topic in and of itself so you can like open the book and read almost any single page and get some value from it so great job with the book we're Thank big you. fans of you and the book where else can um, people find you twitter we'll link to the article that sure. you mentioned earlier but what else would you like to share yeah so uh the book is available at magicbitcoinbook.com and uh this summer i launched a feature with uh there's a oh sorry i'll do a quick tangent if that's okay sure. a, a company called mash they're a big Bitcoin company. It's actually based in Toronto and founded by a guy who I went to high school with, of all things. So I actually knew him back in high school. Um, it's a he's trying to embed lightning into the Internet effectively, if you want to think about it that way. So right now on my website, you can effectively read my book. And as you're reading it, you can sort of stream me sats per page that you read. Huh. Um, wow, so it's sort of a like new, the new value to value it's, model. Yeah, it, it's we we're sort of experimenting with value to value. You know, we're maybe we'll tinker with what's a price per page. What's hundred sats right now? Probably pennies. So yeah, I think 50 it's fifty sats. Is it's like, like the equivalent of a dime per page, basically, is what I'm charging. Yeah, it's it's it. a relatively low fee, but you can also just if you're reading and you're enjoying and you're getting value from it, you can just click boom. I'm gonna donate or boost, yeah. and I'll give you an extra dollars huh. worth of Bitcoin. And so, and where do you do that? On it's on my website. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't yeah, know about you could, that. Yeah. You could just, so you don't have, so MASH is his company and you can, if you've never used Bitcoin, you can buy, you know, with your credit card, I think the minimum is like $15 worth of Bitcoin. But if you already have Lightning, you can send it to a MASH wallet and then you can stream as you read. So as these applications get easier, this goes to like our adoption yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is coming back a little evolve. bit to the adoption part. Uh, oh, that's very cool. Okay. So magicbitcoinbook.com. You can check that out there as well. And then we'll link to your Twitter. What is your Twitter? Yeah, the Twitter, Twitter handle, handle Jaber J. And on and, right. and on the website as well, there's the audio book and the, the links to audio and the, the paperback and all that. Um, but yeah, Jaber J on Twitter. Thank you for doing this, Jesse. We appreciate oh it. We drag you all the way in oh. from the city of Toronto yes. out to the suburbs of Oakville. So thank you. Appreciate this. My very pleasure, much. guys. Great seeing you guys. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Jesse. Really loved getting the opportunity to sit down with Jesse and kind of picking his brain. You can find his book, which is a great book about Bitcoin at this URL. It's magicbitcoinbook.com. That's magicbitcoinbook.com. And that's it for this episode. If you are listening to this and you're trying to figure out if it's time to get into the real estate investing world, you can go and check out some case studies on our website by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash case dash studies. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash case dash studies. That's it, everyone. Until next time, your life, your terms.